Welcome to the Red Pill TQ podcast. I am Justin Michael, and I am on a mission to raise your technology quotient. I am joined today by Mark Shalinsky, who is the Chief Optimization Officer for Data Sales Science. And Mark is one of the smartest RevOps people that I know. How are you today, Mark? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. You know, I've been thinking about tech stacks. And when I wrote my book, I realized that there weren't a lot of resources talk, to talk about blended tech stacks. Uh, when you're, you're merging and using several different point solutions together, although that's really the case in the vast majority of technology companies. Do I, do I have that theory accurate? Yeah, so if you take a little bit of history, when everybody started using tech, they would buy an, uh, a NetSuite, an SAP, one of those big systems that would run your entire company. And there was no real reason to blend it. Then Salesforce came along and they kind of changed the game for everyone because they created this app exchange where they said, we're going to do one thing really well. And there's other stuff that we know we have to do well to compete, uh, to run your business. So we're just going to have this open API and we're going to let other, connect, other companies connect into us so you can have a best of best of breed. So as opposed to getting the jack of all trades and NetSuite and SAP, one of those big box systems, we're gonna let you use different software. And essentially it's that software cloud software that really helped it out. And now you're finding that everybody is connecting all sorts of things together and you're getting these Frankenstacks uh, that are just bolted together because every company works slightly differently and uh, when they work slightly differently, you need different tools to be efficient. So I thought it would be really exciting for a podcast is to highlight some of those stacks. So, yep. you know, in my book, I talk about an essential stack where I talk about things like Salesforce, Sales Navigator, Zoom Info, Outreach, Sales Loft, Gong, Chorus, just some basic levels of technology. You need a CRM, you need a sales engagement platform, you need a data business intelligence tool, you need something to record remotely. Those are those families. But then I highlight the advanced stack. And what's really interesting is Lars Nilsson, uh, formerly Cloudera, Salesforce, and now a VP Global Sales Development at Snowflake, says that the average investment into the sales tech stack per rep, $1,000 per rep per month. And some people have posited that's going to go up to 2000 per rep per month. If you think about technologies like you know, connect and sell, you think about um, making an investment into offshore virtual assistance to help clean the data. I know you do a lot on the data ops side. So um, two questions. One, can you highlight a recent tech stack, obviously anonymized, that you found yeah. interesting? Like what? And then, you know, I also want to just get your recommendations for what kind of stack you use and what you have to have. So this is kind of like a one, two, A and B. <laughs> okay. So the interesting thing is a lot of folks really don't take advantage of, of email. So there's not a lot of stuff there. You got to get that email warming and make sure your domain is key upfront because you're having these reps out, you know, you and I are big fans and proponents of the phone, but email and SMS are still great ways of getting, uh, getting prospects engaged. So on the one, one aspect of it, it's like getting a tech stack that's got some SMS. So once you've actually reached a prospect and you've spoken to them once, make it, you can then use SMS. So getting that into your sequence, being able to get them, uh, being able to communicate with them. And even before you've got them engaged, you know, you get them through a different channel. So stacks that implement SMS 
being able to get email warming because a lot of reps will start uh, doing the spray and pray. And the last thing you wanna do is have all of your emails land into the spam box. So making sure you got, uh, you got uh, something that's allowing you, that's ensuring that your domain is, is healthy. So there's all, all those checkers that you can do. So you can warm up your email, checking your email domain to make sure that uh, you are still bonafide and not uh, being blacklisted. Cause that pretty much, if you're blacklisted and you don't know it, uh, one third of your activity is just uh, getting squashed. Being able to implement SMS messages so you can hit them on a different channel because the key is hitting the prospect in the channels that they're gonna be responsive with. So there's email, there's phone, there's SMS. And what was the second part of that? So then you talk about, I wanna hear like, what is Mark Shalinsky's tech stack? Oh. Like, let's say you had an unlimited budget and then I wanted you to highlight maybe some oh, yeah. recent blended tech stacks. Cause we oh. see a lot of books, like we see someone talk about conversation intelligence or that we see yeah. people zoom in on, here's how to do an outreach sequence, but we never hear about how these systems are working together and that becomes sales operations and revenue operations. Yeah, okay, sorry. I think I whiffed on the first, uh, first two questions, but we'll try to get it, get it right the second time. So yeah, so being able to use a blended tech stack, the first, the first layer is you wanna make sure that all of your tech is actually working properly. And that's kind of where the email warming comes in and you use the email warming stuff as well as uh, other things that are able to test your domains. So you use a lem list, you use a warm up my email, a folderly, things like that. Uh, you then make sure that on the back end, someone is running uh, something like Glock apps. So you're continually ensuring that your email domain is not being burned. Uh, because as soon as that gets burned, that's going to reduce, you know, all your emails are just going to spam. So that's reducing time and effort and energy and the ability to reach out to your prospects. When you come in there, then you move to the next level and you're just like, it's time for sequencing. So we want to find something of, you know, that does sequencing super well. So that's where if you're an agency using something like Airborne, ABM, something like Outreach, uh, possibly something like SalesLoft, uh, you can use what concert is uh, the new connect leader and they've got something at the top of it uh, which does this outreach the top of funnel so anybody who you're nurturing the sales reps are able to uh, to nurture them without too much effort uh, or taking time away from the prospecting then you're setting up the sequence so that you're getting those emails out you're getting those uh, dials queued up something that also allows you to do SMS uh, to get that different channel, potentially something that hits them, uh, you know, with something that's no one else is doing. So a Sendoso where you can put into your sequence that you can send them a physical gift. You know, people are sitting at home. They're not, uh, they're not really uh, engaging more a lot with their uh, in-person with their, with their colleagues. So getting that package is going to be really change the game for you because now it's something that's, you know, Hopefully you're not freaking them out by getting them a, their personal address. You send them to the office and it gets shipped over. And then potentially putting a cameo in. So using something that is also out of band, out of, it's different from what other folks are doing. Concurrently, you know, with the management who are not, not actually talking, uh, not in front of the, uh, not in front of their, not in the sales pit, you're mm -hmm. gonna need that rec recording software so of course, a gong that really helps uh, helps record uh, that stuff. 
you know, if you're using those power dialers like uh, Connect and Cell, Aurum, uh, or, or Concert, then you're able to record, uh, even Monster Connect, you're able to record all those, get all that data, record those calls, and then be able to assess how well your reps are doing. And then all of that gets backed into the Salesforce, uh, your CRM of record, and then potentially running a dashboard on top of that so that your reps can see exactly what they're doing, how they're doing, like what are their numbers, comparing themselves with their peers. And the sales leader could say, all right, let's look at activities, conversions to pipeline, conversions to revenue. That's fantastic. So what's the most unique thing you've seen? I mean, so tell me about concert and then okay. maybe do, do you, are you finding intent data? I feel like the new realm is mixing intent data so you can kind of predict which accounts to target. And like, so three questions, yeah. cause you're Mark Shalinsky, I can just rapid fire three questions. Uh, yeah. You're a neuroscience PhD, so you can actually handle my interview style. <laughs> So yeah, so I'm, fire, I'm really fire hose versus fire hose. It's exactly yeah. So like, I just want to know like weird tech stacks that you're seeing. What is concert? And number three would be intent data, and then I, we're going to get into automations. Okay, so uh, so let's start with the intent data. So you know that's the Bumbora, that's the Sixth Sense. Uh, there's, I think uh, what's a uh, what's the name of them? I'll remember as soon as this podcast is over. It's a uh, something that's. Uh, tech at the end of it. But this is being able to find the biggest problem for a sales rep is finding the right prospect at the right time, particularly when you're going outbound. Coming inbound, they've done their research, they've shortlisted you, they show up on your website, they're like, all right, what's the price and how, how long does it take you to get, get here? The sales rep that's doing outbound, they've got to, how do they find the prospect who's ready to buy, uh, who is in that? And that's where that intent data comes from. That's where you know, these groups like Six Sense and Bombora, they'll say, here are the, um, here are the people that are searching for the content that talks about your, uh, your stuff. So at the very low end, you can do, this is what we did at Duo Security because we're built by engineers. All the IPs that would hit our website, we would elucidate those IPs and match them to a company domain. And it was part of my job to say, to match those company domains to how big those companies were and say, should we actually call them? Because we had a high volume of inbounds. Uh, the, so that's level one. Sixth Sense does something of that sort. So they'll be able to reach back, find out what those IP domains are, and then say, all right, here's the, they're looking for this content. For this content. It's up to the sales rep to actually connect the company to the individual who's looking at it. So that's where the breakdown of this intent data comes from. Because you could have, let's say, a sales rep who's really into technology. You know, We all end up in sales for one reason or another. You could have a particularly savvy sales rep who's really interested in, let's say, migration software because they're doing a home project. They're at work. No one's watching them. They, uh, they log into migration software, and they're like, this is really cool. Now, the migration software company says, ooh, this really big company is looking for us, looking for migration software. Let's go attack them. Now they call the IT department and the IT department's like, WTF, no, we're not doing anything of the sort. So the intent data, I've never had much success with it personally. Uh, I know, and it could be that I really haven't, I go with the old school. It's like, let's get them five wide and five deep and make sure that we're always lining up our pipeline and showing value and driving people through. 
I know different groups have had some success, uh, particularly with Sixth Sense and Bombora. I believe that uh, Bombora is in with Sales Intel, so that if you get a subscription, they'll allow you to put keywords in and be able to find those different things. Uh, and then what was the, the next one was the really cool stuff, right? Yeah, so then I was gonna go into what is Concert? Cause you mentioned that oh, yes. it seems like Con some new branding of something else. Yeah, so Concert is the new branding of Connect Leader. Okay. And Connect, Connect Leader, it's kind of that in between sales loft outreach and connect and sell. So what they do is they're, they've got that agent assisted dialer that helps you just power through lists. And then on the back end of it, they also have a sequencer. So they've got you know the best of both worlds. However, uh, about a year or so ago, they acquired another company uh, to really help with that. I call it mini, mini rep marketing. So what happens with mini rep marketing is that there's a lot of reps, like you're, I download a list of a hundred folks. I get them scrubbed through my virtual assistant. We, uh, you know, I'm down to hopefully 50, maybe more or less. Uh, and then I start banging out. And then I, a couple of them are like, this is interesting, but you know, we got other projects. This is not taking a priority. Call me back in six months. Okay, I put them in the cooler, but I want to make sure they're nurtured. I don't want marketing. I may or may not want marketing to do their thing on them, but I want to nurture them personally. So how do I do that mini sales rep marketing? And that's what uh, Concert, uh, Old Connect Leader has implemented is this ability to say, all right, here are my, here's a list of everybody in my database that I'm, uh, that I'm pursuing that are very variable by stages. And this is what their profile is. So now I'm going to start sending them out uh, crafting pseudo personalized emails that, you know, talk to them on a regular cadence. And all of this happens automatically in the background. So I don't really have to pay attention to them. And I know that these guys and gals are being nurtured. So it gives that ability to, uh, for a sales rep to be, uh, it's a multiplying force because the sales rep is turning more and more into a mini marketing agent. Because mm. back in the, yeah, because back in the good old days, it was, you know, there was sales and there was marketing and sales would do sales stuff. Marketing does marketing stuff. And with tech stacks, marketing, the sales is doing a lot more that realms into marketing. And this is where Lars's statement of getting a thousand dollars per sales rep on a tech stack is not, is not completely uh, out to lunch. It is something that's happening. And your sales reps are going from being a field soldier to being special ops, ops folks, even the BDRs. Yeah, I was doing a comparison between like the tactical clothing of a Navy SEAL and how much is invested per soldier. Some, some enormous amount um, with all the laser guided systems. And so there's a case to be made that what I always say is you need to hire more trained people, put more senior people at the top of the funnel, experienced, you, or have a really good training program, you need to enable them with next generation tech stacks. You need training on the tech stacks and then sales training. So it's actually for sales leaders listening, uh, it's even harder. If you're trying to cut costs, consolidate tools and cut back on the sales team, you wanna go radically in the op opposite direction. <laughs> you wanna pay more for your SDR, more for the tech stack, yeah. more for training on it, and then training. It's really gonna take money to invest, but why? because well then you have navy seals an unstoppable force for revenue well it's well it's it's the old pro uh what's the i can't remember the it's the three p's but it's like people process and then technology there's something 
product, people, uh, people process product. And you, and it goes in that order. You've got to have the best people. It's like a, it's like a fighter pilot. You have hundreds of hours goes into their training so they can manage this fantastic weapon system. You know, if you just have some, anybody, you drop them into an F-16, even if they're a Cessna pilot, they're still going to have a hard time getting that thing off the ground. You need a very well-trained person in the cockpit. And that, the tech should be a force multiplier. So the team, the last team that I led at SkySync, I knew exactly what their numbers were before we implemented a tech stack. And overnight, we implemented the tech stack, we 5X them, like the next day. So that's a pretty powerful thing. And this was, and then as we trained them and they got better with it, and this was them on training, like 5X. They come in one day, they're making 50 dials. They come in the next day, they're making 250 dials. Like that's, that's incredible, but you gotta have the right people to push them through. So in that case, it's just sheer uh, volume gains. I mean, you, there's, so there's two levers, right? You can, you can go from making 200 dials in two days and you could start to do that in an hour or two. And then you can improve the, the scripts and the techniques and the methods. So there's like, you know, first of all, people aren't getting the volume because uh, I always say it's dark ages mentality. If you're sending emails one at a time or you're dialing phone numbers one at a time, you're, you're not in the 2020s. You're, you're using old tech and it's actually affordable now, not just a power dialer because that's just still dialing one at a time or local presence still one at a time, not just, you know, an email setup. I'm talking about multi-touch step cadences where you're automating your email in advance. And I'm talking about dialing four phone numbers at a time with parallel assisted dialers. Um, yep. Tell me about automation. Um, well, how do you do that? Because we, well, just, we loosely use it. Sorry. Yeah, I just want to take, before we go to automation, the thing is that if you're getting more dials out, so you're doing that 5X, you're getting more conversations. The more conversations you're having, the better you're getting. So now we, you know, so the number that I presented to the CEO and CFO of where we think we'd be, within three months, we were crushing that number because the BDRs were getting better. They're getting more at bats. So that's, so essentially it, it multiplies and then it, uh, and then it multiplies again, once they get more at bats. So going to automation. So one of the cool things about automation to kind of riffing on what you had just mentioned uh, is the ability to use one of these uh, power dialers and being able to zip through. And every time someone doesn't pick up, it drops a voicemail and then it drops an email right after this. So doing the, are we doing air quotes here, the Justin Michael triple. So we're able to hit it just by doing a, excuse me, just by doing a dial. Then, uh, so that is really gonna force multiply because you don't even have to push the button to drop the voicemail. It just drops it and then away you go, you're on to the next one. So you can quickly set up your entire system that you're powering through 200 people in about an hour in that hour you're you're dropping you know maybe you have seven conversations so you're sitting out like 193 voicemails and 193 emails that are all pseudo personalized so you've really you've really multiplied so at at the end of that hour you've had seven conversations maybe booked two meetings uh during those conversations and possibly another one from an email response yeah and that's just on that's just on the first attack well, there's two things we talk about. So one, it's just higher contact rates 
you know, it, it is quality over quantity, but the average rep is getting two or three contacts a day, maybe five a day, maybe different industries. They have switchboards and executive assistants, but when you have more live fire, you get better in the field. You move from the theoretical to the practical. It's hard to get good at cold calling when you make a hundred dials and you're hitting you know, 75 to 90% voicemails. And that's where I developed some techniques around that, but the technology can unlock you know, 10 to 20 conversations per hour. It's, it's really, really wild. Um, talk to me about blended tech stacks. What's something really remarkable, a piece of technology, a piece of the blend you're seeing right now that people may not be aware of. You run into a lot of like LinkedIn automation. Take yeah. me through some things that are exciting that you can mention maybe over the past quarter or two that you've seen that the world hasn't seen. There's GPT-3 stuff, like what, what tech... And what kind of what kind of automations are you building with your clients? So, well, the interesting thing is my clients kind of fit into one of two categories. They're either we need to get build a stack and we're pretty lean because we're just starting out. So I don't want to kind of blow their budget and kill them out of the water. And then you get to the top level, which is we got this busted stack. Let's fix it before we start implementing some tools. So unfortunately, I haven't been able to get into the cool stuff because we're still it's only been about doing this for about the last six months uh, professionally, like on our own. So some of them are starting to move into that, all right, now we're comfortable with what we've got and let's move up. That being said, you know, the LinkedIn stuff, it works well when you use it well, because there's a lot of LinkedIn uh, connection requests and, uh, and, in, and com communications that people are using poorly. They'll send a really terrible generic message that will say something like, uh, hey, we have a we have a shared network. Let's connect. And those everybody know knows you're a bot when you do that. Just being able to creep on someone's LinkedIn profile. So the the best automation is you creep on their LinkedIn profile, and then potentially you could add one of the automations that just likes uh, one of their likes or even auto comments on one of their uh, on something that they posted. And that's all with an automation, and it doesn't look hokey. It's like oh, good stuff. However, just watch out because sometimes people write interesting things and uh, you don't want to, you want to have the right tone. So make sure that you've, you have something that's relatively generic. So it says, follow them one day, two days later, put a comment, then, you know, send them a LinkedIn invite without a message. And then when they connect with you, now you've got this open avenue to send them a personalized message. And that's when you start doing the social selling, not the aggressive selling. You're just like, hey, and when they connect with you, you send a message that says, this is the reason that I followed you. And this is the personal reason why I followed you. And if you've thin sliced your data enough, you could potentially get uh, that pseudo personal message that is relevant uh, to, to them. So that's one of the cool areas. It's a little tricky to get in place because a lot of people try to do it the fast and dirty way and write, they don't thin slice their data. So they'll just say, oh yeah, we have a network that that is result, uh, we have an, a network, a shared network, let's connect, as opposed to something that's a lot more specific, as in, hey, you're in the finance department, I do a lot of data management, you have some cool posts, let's connect, which again, is very, is very generic, but if you thin sliced your data, and you know that they're in finance, and they do data stuff, and that's what they post about, it's super easy to, uh, to get there. Um, You're ahead of the curve. Like what's thin slicing data? You know, I talk a lot oh, about the data is broken. Oh, That's a huge piece of. Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> so this is, 
So this is what I do all the time. And this is uh, one of my, uh, pro this we take the data and a lot of folks will, so close your eyes and let's visualize that you have this data and it's all over the map. So what we'll do is we'll find several points to triangulate that data. So at Duo Security, it was two-factor authentication. We knew that the big companies were ones with lots of people, small companies were ones with a few people. You go to uh, Fatstacks, where it was a sales enablement technology built for field reps. So small companies had small field sales teams, large companies had lots of field sales reps. So essentially finding those two or three metrics that you sell against, and then you thin slice your data. So you say, all right, I'm gonna look at companies that are, if we lose employee count, which is the easiest one to measure, you know, one to 10, 11 to 50, 51 to 100, 101 to 200 and so on. So you make these very, very thin, uh, thin slices, or I call them swim lanes of data. Now I could say, all right, if you're a company between 51 to 100 employees, approximate, I'm using a database of record, always the same database of record because this goes into uh, uh, make controlling for error. I could say, all right, I wanna find all the companies that are 51 to 100 employees that are SaaS, that are B2B tech, that are in Texas. And I only wanna talk to a director of finance. Now I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna go to my, uh, my outsourced army and said, find me all the job ads for companies of about that size that when they were looking for a CFO. Now I can take all that data and say, all right, here's the roles and responsibilities. This is what their day in the life is. This is what they're talking to the CEO and the board about once a month, once a quarter, once a year. I know what they're getting rated on. I take that and I just turn that into the, the Justin Michael pseudo uh, personalized message, the spear, and we send it out. And these people respond, they're like, how are you in my brain? Like I know that director of finance of a company just like that, their biggest issue is they're spending three to four hours every week taking data and trying and organizing it even before they start strategizing. So I can tell them, it's like, what if I can give you and I know he's doing it and potentially their VP of marketing, VP of sales are also doing it. So now we can see at minimal, they're doing two hours a week. That's six hours a week of your top line, most expensive people at your company are wasting just compiling data. So now I can write a message specifically addressing that pain to the CFO, who's likely the person who's gonna sign off on it and saying, if I can take that, if I can remove that burden from you and give you six hours of top level strategy back a week, you know, how, what's that worth to you? Is that worth a, a quick call? So now I've thin yeah. sliced the data and I've got the pseudo personalized email that talks directly to those people. Uh, one of my uh, prospectors called someone and used the messaging and our prospect said, wow, it's like you were in my head. And now uh, they're, uh, they're gonna be clients for life because they know that we truly understand their issues and we're talking with them and we're going to solve. We came in with solving one problem. We're solving about four of them at this point. Amazing feedback. So a fun question on the show I want to do is like the, the genie in the bottle or the blank check, like magic yeah. wand, like you have unlimited budget, just unlimited, you know, two questions. So I want to go MacGyver and I want to go genie in the bottle. So you have unlimited budget. What is the ultimate tech stack? And you could say families of tech. You can say vendors on the show. It's all okay, good. Okay, okay. Number two would be you have not, you have a very limited budget. You know your bootstrap startup or your your cutting tools. Yeah. Give me give me the macro micro the abundant and the you know. 
so <laughs> the bootstrap entrepreneur style so all right this the macro might do we have like three hours to talk about the macro one because it, it could be a while there's there's a lot in there you can so, come back on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> if you go to uh the 10 bound website i think that thing is now like 40 pixels or something it's huge uh so well starting at the beginning you need an email uh email warming I know Folderly and uh, I'm testing all of these things because it's kind of my job just to test and play with them. So I, I'm using a, a warm up my email, Lemlist, Folderly, and uh, uh, to kind of test the emails, making sure that those my e domain is warm, getting all that up and running. I'm using Glock apps on the back end because that's continually running and testing the domain, making sure that we're not blacklisted, making sure that we're not uh, fully functional. Uh, we're working on marketing automation so always have a hub everything is built on hubspot because on, for better or for worse um mark roberge's company has uh it's the big granddaddy if you're going to do any sort of marketing how that ties into everything uh speaking of tying in i like back ending it into salesforce just if i have an unlimited budget what the hell let's go with that the main reason for salesforce is the open api so i'm able to connected to everything I never really have to worry and if I have to connect if I if I have a Kluge API I can always find someone who knows the Salesforce API forwards and backwards that can connect it with something something ridiculous uh, now we start moving into what are the BDRs doing we start saying all right let's get a sequencer so I'm the weird person who's agnostic to sequencers where I walk into anyone and within about five minutes I've pretty much figured out how it works. So, you know, Apollo Outreach, uh, Outplay, uh, Apollo Outreach, Outplay, Sales Loft, uh, Connect, uh, Concert is the new one. Uh, they're an Airborne, if I have multiple, if I have multiple divisions, I'd probably go with Airborne because they have an agency model sequencer. Uh, so if you have multiple divisions, it helps multiple, you don't have, everybody's not all complex combined into one and you can have teams move in different corrections. It's kind of cool. Uh, tacked on to that, you want to make them effective. So you want to be able to connect a Sendoso, something, a Sendoso and a Cameo so that they can have unlimited budget to do all that cool stuff and send things out. So for example, at Fatstacks, when we were dialed into our ideal customer profile and persona, we'd send them an empty iPad box and say, if you take our you take our demo, we send you the iPad because we had we were so dialed into them, we knew that that we had like a nine out of ten conversion rate over there, and it would be, and we get them in with a cheap pilot and then move up. So then you want to get into the email, uh, the the dialers, and essentially I, you know, if you if you're doing one to one, uh, Orem has a really good one to one dialer and it's AI assisted, so it just powers down a single list. If you want to go agent assisted, then I would go with Connect and Sell uh, or Concert. They're, you know, just because when I do power dialing, I always want the agent assisted because if we can't get through the uh, uh, the phone tree, they will give that human interaction of what happened when we didn't get through. Uh, then we're where are we going? Losing track. Uh, Okay, we're well, talking a, about ultimate tech yeah, stack. You got yeah, a blink going, check. I know. I know. That's we're, not we're the to... state of these entrepreneurs. A lot of people on the phone, actually, even in big organizations, you know, they've yeah. had enough, they have tool fatigue. They want to consolidate. Right. Oh, so what do they keep? So, 
yeah, so I, I thought, yeah, well, as we were going big and then I was going to gong and then we get big. Then on the top of that, I just want to have a dashboard. So because that takes all the data from everything, blends it, and it comes in from finance. So when I go lean, this is what I use is uh, it's super simple. I just have an email warm-up domain, email warm-up. So to make sure that I've got, uh, that I continually have a base level of emails that are going out, that are getting open and getting pushed through. On top of that, I have a very low-end email sequencer. So what it does is it just says, send one email, send a follow-up email, and then it, it's a, it queues up for a phone call. So I'm able to connect that over to my dialer. So I go to a power dialer. And so as soon as it's done with the emails and, and I'm queued up for phone calls, it drops them into my dialer sequence. It drops it into one of several lists. So I have that going through Google Sheets and then it goes over to my dialer. And uh, then I just power down. Once that's done, it gets shipped back to the sequencer. And on top of that, uh, that all backs into a, a CRM. So right now we're just we're just using HubSpot just for fun. Uh, and then on top of all of it is a dashboard so I can see what's happening. And that's the super lean, easiest way of doing it. I if you want to go even, if you go even cheaper, if you want to go even cheaper, you can use Google Studios. So yeah. because, because everything's getting passed back and forth through Google Sheets, because you can use a Zapier connection just to drop things in through Google Sheets and go back and forth or build your own. So we have two megatrends. We have consolidation of tech stacks and subspecialization. And we even have the yep. design, this whole SDRAE industrial complex. So do you ever change, do you ever moneyball like the roles in organizations? Should it really just be SDRAE? And how do you, how do you specialize and how do you consolidate? I think the people listening to the show are going, there's way too many tools, you know, Mark, yeah. like which tools do I cut? What should I invest in? Like, what's, what, what's the strategy here? Any, any advice for tech stacks? Well, you, here's the thing you want to put people, every sales rep has the one thing that all sales rep have in common is they want to make money and you want to give them the easiest way to make money. So if you have someone who writes baller emails, then tell them that they're in charge of emails for people and say, all right, let's get you working on, on emails and helping everybody else out with their emails. This goes all the way back to, to Aaron Ross and uh, predictable revenue. Like make sure there's segmented groups that are really good at certain things. Like your outbound BDRs are really awesome at outbound BDRs. If there's someone who just loves sitting on the phone, just put them on the power dialer all day long. Like don't, they're, they're gonna hate writing emails and they'll probably write really terrible emails. Uh, so it's all about finding people where, where their expertise is. On top of that, there are certain people who are better at certain industries. If you, because every BDR comes in and they get thrown at, you know, let I say B2B tech staff, SaaS, and I'm looking at CFOs. So that could be a company, there could be a mortgage company, there could be a company that handles mortgages, it could be an IT security company, it could be ed tech, it could be AI. So you got to look at that data and say, all right, how are my reps doing? And you, you'll eventually start seeing trends that, some reps do better in certain industries with certain types of, or with certain types of clients. Uh, do a security. We had this one rep, Diane, and Diane was doing pretty well. And then we put her into the EDU uh, domain because that's the natural segregation is EDU, gov, and everything else. I would recommend try to separate 
what that everything else is, there are different industries in there. And if you can start getting rep specialization into those different industries, they're going to start talking the talk, walking the walk. Because it's all about that credibility. And, you know, it's the rule of three. The prospect's got to trust you. It's got to trust the product. It's got to trust the company in that order. And they trust you if you bring credibility to the table. And you bring credibility to the table by showing them that you understand their industry. So right. special, specialize. So thin slice the data, then thin slice it by industry, then find out reps that work well within that thin slice, if there are reps that work well. And if there aren't, then just say, great, you're only working on these group. And that's something I did at Jove, my first sales yeah. job. One, I would just say, today I'm only calling neurophysiologists. And by the end of the day, it was like, I do everything about neurophysiology. The next day, I'm only calling immunologist. Well, it's not fair because I say you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do great sales development. And recently I, I met someone who had an astrophysics degree who was pretty awesome. And you have a neuroscience PhD. So uh, we're not trying to be stratospheric here. It's just, it's not simple. You know, Einstein said, make everything simple as possible, but not too simple. And there's a lot of magic bullet approaches. I would just like to close this show and you're going to be a featured guest a lot. I might just make this a podcast with just us, man. I don't know. I feel like we need at least three more episodes to dig in. How do people become like Mark, Mark Shalinsky? I'm not saying go to neuroscience school, but you know, if they want to start becoming operators of RevOps and mastering sales ops, you know, there's this myth that you have to have all this technical aptitude, but the people I meet like, um, a Chili Piper running their RevOps. A lot of these folks came out of frontline sales and they're just really curious. So how do you do it, Mark? Like, where do you go? Because like, I, I think my book, Tech Powered Sales is one of the first deep dives. Like you really won't even find a book from a major publisher with a whole sequence in it until then. And there's new ones coming out like Sangram Vajra, I think's doing one. So how do we learn to be more like Mark? Well, the thing is finding other people who have done it and following them, talking with them uh, and just learning and then figuring you got to keep on testing. Like I went like during my PhD, I learned a lot, but what I fundamentally, what I learned was how do I learn? And once you learn how you learn, then you're able to pick up things much faster. Uh, so like there's this, so the, so kind of the success story, failure story is oftentimes you'll find enterprise sales guys from enterprise companies say, all right, I want to go in, I'm great. I'm going to move into a startup and I'm going to become a VP of sales or enterprise sales guy. And then they fail because they think that they're going to do it the same way. I've seen many of them fail. However, the person I want to highlight is Kevin Sheffield. So he was one of those guys and he succeeded because he realized that he needs to use tech to advance his sales team and he needs to do it on a budget. So he went out and he started educating himself on connect and sell, uh, outreach, uh, Zoom info, and all these different tools that, you know, at his bigger company, he was supported by like three or four BDRs that would just feed him leads. And then he came up on my doorstep. He's like, oh, I started reading your stuff. And then he's found me and we started talking about different things. So he's slowly building his network. And I think he's in uh, Salesborg uh, as well now. Uh, I think concurrently he found you and I, but he's what he's done is he's said, all right, I'm finding the people who understand it and they just, just ask for help and he just gets that information. So there are, you know, we're always happy to help people because we're probably, we're not competitive. You know, we, uh, a rising tide lifts all, lifts all ships. So 
find the people who you think are slightly ahead of you uh, that can help you out and they probably will. And if they don't find someone else because there's there's more and more people that are willing to help. And uh, the, also the, so the landscape is changing so rapidly and dramatically that it's really, you know, you need to find people who are just people like Justin and myself, like we're in it and we're continually combing the, the underbelly of new sales enablement tech and trying to find out what's yeah. better what's better it's like half the time you mention these things like damn it you found it before i did and one day i will find things before you do well i always say my book has been uh read by engineers and approved by neuroscientists like mark how did i get good at this stuff i went looking for people like mark uh wizard of ops from uh sonar brad smith you know people like mark shalinsky jeff ignacio and reaching out and uh brendan short who i worked with at outbound works so Mark, I want to thank you today for being on the uh, Red Pill TQ podcast. And uh, I hope you do feel like Neo in the Matrix. I feel like when I search on LinkedIn for the hashtag RevOps, there's 682 follows. But when I search for SaaS and marketing and sales, there's tens of millions. So we're tracking this trend. And I've seen in the pandemic, people are getting excited about how to use Zoom. Let's do a virtual call. That's not the story. The story is tech stack explosion. That's why... Um, Manny, the CEO of Outreach, uh, talked about the Cambrian explosion on the recent raise. If you look at the 10bound.com map, it's starting to look like a Lumiscape, 500 vendors just for the SDR stack. And what's going to happen is it's going to have to consolidate and it's going to have to catch up to marketing. So Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Where can people find you and learn more about you? Uh, They can find me at datasalesscience.com. So uh, that's my website. Uh, it's a sales website, so the marketing is not on point. Well, we're tr- we're working on it. Uh, LinkedIn is usually my favorite uh, hangout. So if you send me messages there, I'm usually there. So come to my website, Mark at datasalescience.com or LinkedIn. Awesome. In closing, Mark, what's your favorite quote? Favorite quote? Uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. I like that one. I actually hear Grant Cardone saying that one a lot, but uh, yeah, that's fantastic. I'll I'll go with, uh, I think it's Vincent Van Gogh. I dream my painting and painted my dream. Um, So yeah, when you're listening to this podcast, get ideas, go for it. Reach out to Mark Shalinsky, kick him some ideas, shameless plug. He does consulting in this area. He's a wizard with Salesforce, Salesloft, Outreach, and all the other enabling technologies. Really grateful to have you on the show and have you featured in the TQ syndicate and part of the Rev TQ test and all the amazing stuff we're building here at salesborgs.ai. I'm Justin Michael, and I'm going to go beam myself up to the stratosphere. I'll see you soon. Nice.